Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Suela Perez. And I'm Vero Edith Flores, and we are two Latinx friends with widely different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week we have an episode all about Llorando Se Fue, also known as La Lambada. So uh, the song that you just heard and that we can go back to hearing is a song that popularized the melody. Let's take another listen to that. Soube cuidar Chorando estará Ao lembrar de um amor Que um dia não soube though most people listening to this podcast slash most people who have heard pop music in the last 20 years or so um, are going to be familiar with this melody um, but right. this is that you just heard is the lambada by kaoma and it is not the original song but it is the song that made this melody so wildly popular right Right, and this was actually kind of a plagiarism. Yes, yes. It was an unauthorized use of Llorando Se Fue by a folk artist band um, of indigenous folks called Los Quiarcas from Bolivia. And this wild hit that sold like 5 million copies in 1989 um, did not credit them. So it was a really big um, deal. It was a lawsuit, actually, that they eventually did win. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they eventually did get credit for for their work. But um, this song that popularized the melody was by... So this band is called Kaoma. And they are, I think, described as like a French-Brazilian band. But they also... They had members from a Senegalese band in it, mm-hmm. um, which sort of makes sense. Senegal was colonized by France, and so people in Senegal speak French. 
and there is some amount of exchange because of that post-colonial relationship there. But yeah, so these, uh, the, I think the story, Bittis and I were looking at like the story of this and it's like how exactly we got here right. is not exactly clear. I feel like there's a bunch of different little stories because Lambada is a dance. Mm-hmm. A Brazilian dance. Yes, it's a Brazilian dance. Exactly. All the descriptions that we saw of it were like very emphasized, like how racy it was and that their stomachs are touching and that the women are wearing thongs under their skirts. (laughs) I'm like, why are people so obsessed with this? I don't know. Maybe it's just like the way that Brazil was being sexualized, you know, like the way that people think of Brazil and they think of, yeah, like string bikinis or whatever, like this just way right weird ways we sexualize yeah other places. Yeah, yeah it must be because like stomachs touching is such a funny way to describe a dance like <laughs> yeah. yeah your stomachs touch when you dance salsa and merengue right. and like or like the you waltz, know it's just like, you know like yeah the waltz probably, like, it's just like yeah. what a weird description of something yeah. as racy right um but yeah i think that like brazil being also so black is sexualized in a really particular also, way yeah totally um that has to do with race and racism perhaps um but um but so yeah so the lambada is a dance and um there's a couple of different stories of how we got here one is that this french producer heard a um a different cover of this song so this um was a big hit in 1989 it came out in 89 but the original which we'll hear in a little bit came out in 81 and um the original is in spanish this one is in portuguese a brazilian singer singing in portuguese and so i think that this is a little bit wrapped up this song is a little bit wrapped up with a la- the lambada dance craze so lambada is also a dance um a brazilian dance that's older than this song um as we were saying but um but there was a craze uh, like similar to if you listen to our Latin booms episode, there was a uh, mambo dance craze in the United States in the fifties where everybody was like, there was this fad of like dancing mambo, like, you know how there was a fad of dancing swing of swing dancing in the Mm nineties or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was like this lambada dance fad in the eighties. And um, there's a, one story that says that a um, this French man who was really into the lambada um, saw people in Brazil dancing to this um, melody, which turned out to be Bolivian, um, and then used and then was a part of like um, popularizing this. And then, but there's also uh, this Brazilian woman who is called Marcia Ferreira, who did a cover of it in 1986. And um, and so it might have been that that was covered in the French. Pro- there's a French producer that um, covered that. So it's not exactly clear to me where it came from. But the, what we do know is that they did not credit the originators and um, it became a really big deal. And Beres and I wanted to talk about this because we wanted to talk about the um, influence of the indigenous sound and music on latin music today and there obviously it's everywhere but it's not always super clear cut in the same ways as um we've been able to trace for example um afro uh latino music right and like Mm -hmm. the 
the what like the drums for example right it's like not often like quite as clear cut as that or at least not as well documented um as far as i have seen so um this is one case where we felt like there was a really clear um and well documented indigenous melody that has had like a recurring uh role in pop in latino pop music for the last you know 20 to 40 years right and, I'm, and we're going to keep looking into this because I think there's also some instruments. There's some there's some instruments that we could probably trace to indigenous communities that have also made their way. But we yeah we need to do a little bit more digging into it. But yeah, this was like a a prime example. Um, should we take a listen to the original? Yeah, let's take a listen to the original. So the original is called Llorando se fue, and it's by Los Quiercas. It's from 1981. Let's listen. Um, we've brought them before actually to our indigenous um, to an an episode we did on indigenous artists and um, but not this song Um, they're this Andean folk band from Bolivia uh, founded by Gonzalo Hermosa Gonzalez and his brothers and um, they're probably the most popular Andean folk band of all time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, according to Gonzalo Hermosa, Los Quercas had based Llorando Se Fue on this like small nostalgic Andean melody that they just like had in their head from like, you know, forever. Right. Um, and it was written, this song in particular, I, when I was looking into this actual song, there's so much here and it's so cool. Um, it was written in the Saya rhythm, which is an Afro-Bolivian um, traditional rhythm from the Collao Meseta region of Peru and Bolivia. And the word Saya, I thought this was really cool, comes from the Kikongo word Nsaya, which means communal work led by a singing voice. So like it's in the rhythm of a work song. It's just like melancholy, rhythmic melody um, and, and rhythm that served as um, a work song. It was a kind of work song that was brought over by the Bantu peoples who were kidnapped and brought over to the region to be enslaved. And so that's the, that's the rhythm um, that is used in this, um, in this song, is the Saya, a Saya rhythm as a work song, which I didn't know before I was doing research for this episode. So it's like 
even this indigenous, like sort of traditional indigenous melody was influenced by West African people and West African music. Yeah, West African rhythms particularly. Yeah. 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 Just shows how like the sort of indelible link between these communities because of yeah, colonization and and the transatlantic slave trade. I don't want to say trade because that makes it sound so neutral. I'm like thinking of word like, you know. Yeah. That's interesting. Are you, um, did you hear that you're not like that we're, we shouldn't say trade? No, I mean, it's I'm not just, neutral. No. Yeah. No, I, that's not, no, that's not any political, um, knowledge that I've gained. It was just like, as I'm saying it, I'm like, it that makes it sound so, um, sanitized. And I'm like, these are people yeah, no, that were stolen and brought to an, forcibly brought somewhere else, you know? So, yeah. um, but yeah, that just the, the, the fact that these legacies are so intertwined. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because even in the YouTube, um, the YouTube link for this, which people can see on our show notes, um, it says like the original Lambada, you know, like that they're trying to do this reclamation, right? Of like reminding people um, that thing, you know, is Lambada. This is actually it. You know, this is what this is what it was based on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that like, even though there was a lawsuit and even though there they've won. Right. And they're getting, you know, some credit and hopefully some money. Um, it's not like, you know, like they have to be like, yeah, this is the original Lambada. They can't be like, this is Yoran Lusafwe. Like, know it, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Um, it's just, there's really, I feel like there's never a way to fully get back what was stolen. Um, even though retroactively credit was given. Right. But I wonder if like their popularity as like an, and you know, like you said, they were like one of the most popular sort of like traditional Andean um groups particularly like to have sort of mainstream or like international acclaim has anything to do with this linkage yeah yeah that's i hope so i hope so and then i mean the other thing is that like eventually even like some of the later covers like people do um do cover the like llorando se fue like the song you know like it's not just like the portuguese or the um or the melody right but like they do cover the actual lyrics of the original song so i think that there is something to the fact that they're credited now and the lawsuit that people at least you know at least people who are musicians who are looking to cover this mm. song now know who, go back who the, to original the original is by right right yeah somebody knows the story of who stole what and when, but we don't know it. <laughs> right, right. And so, I mean, ever since then, it's been uh, used so, so many times. I think that like I slowly became obsessed with how I heard it just everywhere, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Um just over the years, right? I think that I originally found out the story because Beres, you brought um, mm-hmm. Los Quiacas to that indigenous mm-hmm. artist episode and right. told us about, um, you know, the issue with the Lambada theft. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then I s- listened to it and I started here and I was like, oh, I know this. And then I started hearing it, like remembering it from everywhere. Right. 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 Um, remembering it from all these different songs that we're going to be um, we're going to be hearing today. And um, it's just all over the place. So we brought right. a few that um, that 
we know and that you probably know, but it's just a recurring melody all over the place. The um, next song that I want to play is by Wisin y Yandel. It's called Pam Pam, and this is from 2006. For the world. Yeah, it's sort of an interpolation. It's not exactly, but I can hear it very clearly. Right. I think you're good at that. I feel like you're good at hearing, like, the ability to, like, um, pull out certain aspects of the music and, like, just listen to that. I feel like you have, like, an ear for that. It reminded me... Yeah. What you're saying about, like, hearing Lambada everywhere reminded me of your obsession with Mattress Squeaks as, like, a production tool. <laughs> <laughs> which you also hear everywhere. Did we, we did like a mini though back when we used to do mini episodes about Mattress Squeaks. <laughs> Songs yeah, of Mattress Squeaks. Yeah, I may or may not have a playlist you where do. Mattress Squeaks are utilized as a production element you in do. the beat. Yeah, this is, this is a gift that you bring. <laughs> the ear This is a gift that I bring to the world. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to weird shit in music and being like, I hear a clap. I yeah, hear a Mattress right. Squeak. But yeah, it's like I didn't I didn't hear it when I heard this. I've heard this song many times, but then you watch the video and they're clearly referencing Brazil in the visuals. Um, they've got yeah. a bunch of like iconic Brazilian things. So then that kind of like reinforces the tie there, even though it really should yeah. be Bolivia. But, you know, we just talked about all that. Yeah, exactly. That's what the, and that's where even I feel like, again, like this is like another little bit of that theft. Right. So like in like this video like like you said like they're referencing brazil they're on the um on the celadon steps in rio those like favela Mm -hmm. steps that are in so many music videos that um i feel like now it's played out because it's in so many different music videos but the Mm -hmm. original one that i remember (laughs) is the snoop dogg and pharrell video for beautiful they're on those Mm -hmm. steps um and during this episode i went on this like total random wikipedia hole about those steps in rio this artist that like just randomly started to do them one day um he's a chilean artist who ended up settling in um in rio and started one day like painting and putting tiles on the steps outside his house and then wow you know this like became his legacy wow yeah 
Well, and yeah, I recognize but... Brazil from the the big Jesus. You know that like right. I don't know if it's the largest Jesus statue in the world, but that huge. Yeah, one that Jesus statue in right. Rio. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's um, it's like they're referencing Brazil, and it's sort of like they're not saying anything about the Lambada, but it's mm-hmm. sort of in there like a, a cultural reference to the lambada which is brazilian but then again it's like actually it's from the andes <laughs> right. so like the dance is brazilian but the melody is from correct the andes, correct yeah. it's just a complicated web that we weave <laughs> right 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 borders are borders are fiction song is it was a hit it was everywhere mm-hmm. oh yeah you know yeah it's still good Oh, we sing a classic. Mm-hmm. So many good ones from this, the aughts, you know, this mid-aught era, 2005, six. Yep. All yeah, right. Well, so I'm excited to hear the next one. Uh-huh. The next one, I, um, I think also is the, the reference, the Brazil also, I feel like factors into how we got to using this sample, but um, let's take a listen to it first. This is Tabu by Don Omar. something so interesting here because he's actually covering the Spanish language song using mm-hmm. the lyrics Llorando Se Fue mm-hmm. um, but he's also sort of recognizing the Brazilian track with like samba elements in the percussion like it's mm-hmm. like sort of like a samba song actually um, and the whole video is in Brazil and this was um, I think that the reason that this sample is used is sort of as a nod to Brazil because and I learned this also doing research for this song. Um, I'm not a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. Not that like I'm like <laughs> not a fan, but you know, like I don't watch that shit. I saw the first one and I haven't seen any of the other ones. Right. Um, but there's a bazillion of them and one of them took place in Brazil and Don Omar and Tego Calderon are both in it. 
which oh. makes you be like, I need to watch this. Right. I had no idea <laughs> that they had any acting chops, either of them. Yeah, yeah. Don Omar and Teo Calderon are both minor characters in this fast, like, I think it's like Furious 5. It's like the fifth one. Um, but um, but it takes place, the movie takes place in, um, in Rio. Oh, okay. And um, it was shot some partly at least partly in in brazil um so this video has a lot of um it has like some shots of the movie and stuff in it and i'm assuming it was on the soundtrack but i didn't see um i didn't i didn't see that but um it's it's just again fascinating that i think that like i don't think that it's a coincidence that like for a movie that is really tied up with brazil um, they chose to sample this track um, and um, and cover like cover Yorando se fue and use samba. You know, um, it's again part of like the insidiousness of that theft, right? Where it's like so this is so associated with Brazil now in people's minds globally, even though you know he's. Don Omar is covering the original lyrics by um, the Bolivian band. And, right. Um, yeah. Right. Well, one thing I had to, embarrassingly, I had to look up a map to confirm, but um, Bolivia and Brazil also share a, a border, but mm-hmm. the, the Brazilian part of that, at least, is predominantly jungle, right? Like the Amazon. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, my, yeah, I, my geography is not... Yeah. I do not know what the terrain of the border between Bolivia and Brazil is Real. like. No, I actually don't know either, so I shouldn't say that. But um, but anyway, they do share a border. So, like, in my head, I'm sort of like, how do you get the Andes in Brazil? You know, like, I, I think of them as such distinct regions, but actually, yeah, there's a border shared between these two countries. Um, so the idea that there's some sort of crossover is not as, like... Where did this come from? As I might have thought in my head when I yeah, and there's a border also shared with Peru and stuff, right? So like the Andes are closer to the coast, and then like the further in in the country is where, or like further I guess east, um, which is interior to the South American continent, is where the borders are with Brazil. So I don't know what what it's like there, but it's not. I don't think that quite the Andes anymore. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, the, the mountains are a big, you know, natural sort of like separator. Um, Mm -hmm. anyway, so the, the connections there, although, you know, this is definitely done in sort of like a unauthorized way. There are some like natural geographic connections between the two countries. Yeah. Speaking of, um, reggaeton artist acting, did you see Bad Bunny's debut? Bad Bunny's what? His acting debut, or maybe it wasn't his debut. Oh, in Narcos? Yeah. Well, no, he didn't, isn't he? Or maybe it hasn't come out yet, but he's going to be in a movie, right? Oh, he might. I think he is going to be in a movie. I haven't seen any movies with Bad Bunny in them, but he was in Narcos, and I did see that. (laughs) How did he do? Uh, I think he did pretty good. He was a pretty minor character. Yeah, I think the movie he's going to be in, he's a more... Yeah, I think he's in a movie with Brad Pitt or something. I think I've seen um, some you know, random shit on the internet. Oh yeah. He's in bullet train. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I'm going to see that ever, you know? Oh yeah. It's actually out I do already. love bad bunny, but, um, his, 
I'm not like a fan to the level where I'm going to go see a movie that I wouldn't watch because he's in it. Apparently it came out on August 5th. No. Is he doing well? <laughs> Have you I seen don't know. It? No. I mean, I wouldn't, I don't see those kinds of movies. Like I don't like action movies actually really stress me out. Um, so no, but yeah, I if he was in a rom-com, boring. <laughs> I just, I I'm get just really like, like whenever... drawn in by it in a bad way, like adrenaline wise, you know? Yeah, no, I'm not drawn in. Like, I'm just so bored. Whenever there's, like, a car chase or a fight, I'm just like, get over this. Like, I'm just so, so bored. I, I want People to love bad. it. People love it. Apparently, he attacks People love it. I kind of wish Brad I did Pitt. because, you know, there's a lot of them. But yeah, yeah. Um, I just can't get into it. I find it yeah. really interminably boring. Well, I hope for his like, sake fight scenes and stuff. that he's a good actor because it's kind of sad when musicians who can't act try to act you know i sort of feel bad for them so <laughs> i hope he's developing some skill as an actor <laughs> if he's gonna keep doing yeah, it yeah i mean uh, he's a rich dude with a new hobby let's um <laughs> you know let's, let's be let real. him do his thing yeah 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 <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um but yeah this this whole topic is such a fascinating yeah there's the ways in which like the brazil references and then the bolivian lyrics and it's just really interesting how these these um like homages are showing up in the more like recent day, like in this Don't Amash song. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Where are you taking us next with this journey? <laughs> All right. The last song that I am bringing for y'all is maybe for people, you know, our age or younger, um, are is going to be one of the more popular songs that use this melody this is jennifer lopez featuring pitbull on the floor let's take a listen to it J-Lo. it's a new Party people in the club. Huh. I'm loose, loose, and everybody knows I get off the train. Baby's the truth, the truth. I'm like Inception. I play with your brain, so I don't sleep or snooze, snooze. I don't play no games, so don't, don't, don't get it confused, no. Cause you will lose, yeah. Now, now pump, 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 pump it up and back it up like a Tonka truck. as a melody in the production also melody for her vocals but she's not singing Llorando Se Fue or the or the um, you know Portuguese version she's just like adding her own lyrics to right. this melody 
Yeah, it really is everywhere. It's like once you hear it, you're like, whoa, it's there, it's there, it's there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I feel like slowly over the last five years, I've been like, why is this on every song? <laughs> I mean, I think it's that it's catchy and then it gives the songs some sense of like familiarity, even if you don't recognize it initially, you know? Yeah, it's so interesting. So before we were talking, um, we were recording, Perez and I were chatting about this episode and talking about how uh, there's different traditions for using and reusing samples in different genres. So like the one that came to mind because I'm doing some writing about reggaeton is um, the Bam Bam Rhythm and Dance Hall, mm -hmm. which is the from Murder, She Wrote, like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Mm -hmm. And like that's like referenced in all sorts of dance hall songs, all sorts of reggaeton songs, etc. you know, like over and over again. And that's a, a traditional thing to do in dance hall is to like take um, really popular rhythms and reuse them. Like, and I think that that's where maybe some of that evolved in hip hop as well, like, where, like the culture of the sample. Um, but it's not that like covers aren't a big deal in like Latin pop necessarily, but like right. this is like I think like such a persistent um, motif that mm -hmm. is it's not necessarily I, I can't think of others like that. It doesn't mean there aren't others, but I can't think of anything else immediately that is like such a persistent motif like covered over and over again and interpolated over and over again in this way because it's mm -hmm. one thing to have like for example like a classic bolero song that's recorded over and over again or um like a standard it's not even that it's like it's more similar to me in the way that like um you know like rhythms are used in dance hall or in or samples are used in hip-hop and that's like not as much a tradition in latin pop but this one, this this particular melody, um, has become that a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, over the course of like 50 years, like it's been a long time that this has been around. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 70s. I just, I feel like 90s. it's maybe, uh, you know, it's time for, for a new one. Maybe <laughs> Bad Bunny's gonna have a... a <laughs> you feel like that <laughs> way uh, melody interpolation on the next album who knows yeah that would make sense do you know anything about the business side of like sampling and like this like does the original artist get paid uh, you have to get samples cleared and there is money involved and it, labels usually negotiate that behind the scenes and um i think that like if a producer uses a sample, then they have to be like, I use this, um, and then the label will clear it. Or okay. if they don't clear it, they'll be like, okay, take it off. Right. Or if okay. the producer doesn't say anything because they think that it's not, like you can't hear it enough. Like if mm. you just, it's distorted or it's new enough or it's like, there's also like fair use, which is mm. like, okay, you use something that already existed, but like you, you know, like made it into something totally new. You know, it's, I think mm -hmm. it's kind of complicated. So the answer is a little bit, but not really. Right. <laughs> to your question. <laughs> well, hopefully with these like more contemporary ones we've talking about that Los Carcas maybe got some. Yeah. Something from yeah, it. Yeah, I know? think so. I think so. I don't know if the music, what I do know is that the music industry is super predatory and yeah, it, yeah. that, um, you know, justice isn't really the theme. Mm -hmm. of it most of the time mm -hmm. yeah so i'm not really sure um if they really got what they deserve but i think they're not getting nothing you know 
right, right, fair. All right, y'all. As always, all the details from all the songs that we heard today are in our show notes. Make sure you're following us on social media, Tinder, Tinder. (laughs) No, don't follow us on Tinder. You can't follow us on Tinder. Um, Wow. Freudian slip. Twitter and um, Instagram. And we also have a newsletter. Yeah, it's it's late on Monday. Yeah, sign up for our newsletter. (laughs) Maybe one day you'll hear about Tinder adventures in there. Yeah, potentially. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Thanks so much to Maite. (laughs) Thanks so much to Maite for editing. And we'll see you next week. Hasta la próxima, y'all. Bye.